Greetings from Urbana, Indiana. I'm your host, Russ Bauer. Welcome to my Pipe Dreams podcast, presented by Callenborn Averages Corporation. In the upcoming podcast, we'll explore the 100-year history of Callenborn Calprotect, 50-year history of Averages Corporation, and my 45-year affiliation with KAC and Callenborn International, as well as the employees, customers, suppliers, and applications we've enjoyed over the years. As always, you can find more information about us at our U.S. website, Callenborn.us, and our international website, Callenborn.com. Today's guests are Scott Schultz, Welding Group Leader, and Chris Wagner, Linings Group Leader. Uh, both of these guys have been on previous podcasts, so if you've listened to them, you'll know who they are. They're both Wabash natives, both been here a long time. Uh, we... Uh, are going to run through the process of making a pipe here at Callenborn Aberzist. Welcome to Pipe Dreams, guys. Hello. <laughs> men, of, men of a lot of words. These guys, I, I drug them out of the shop this morning. They're out there welding and lining and doing all the things that they're supposed to do. Uh, as I said, today we're going we're gonna to pretend like we're a pipe. Uh, truck comes in, got flanges on it. Truck comes in, has pipe on it. Truck comes in, has cylinders on it. Uh, Scott, you, you can start by telling us what happens. Okay, first our pipe trucks come in. They pull into our front lot. We unload them and get them into a staging area for then that way I can go inside and look through POs to find out what the pipe is for, if it's for stock or ordered specifically for a job. And I go out and inspect every pipe, inspect for dimensions, Lengths, imperfections in the the faces of them, or any any imperfections in the welds to report back. Do you have a log you fill out for that? Yes, for each and every pipe. Not every every pipe, every order. I have a log I fill out. Okay. So if I do find an imperfection, there is a another log that I have to fill out right. for that. If we determine it's not usable, or we can fix it here. So same with flanges. Same with flanges. Uh, flanges come in uh, on pallets from our flange suppliers. You check the dimensions. All dimensions, all surfaces, everything. You At that point, you just put a distinct mark on each pallet or flange for what, job number or something? Each flange, if it's ordered for a job, it gets the job number, the job name, the full description, dimension, and bolt circle marking on that flange. Okay, cool. So then it, then it becomes part of our stock area so that when uh, your guys are ready to pull those, they can go out and identify them easily and correctly. I assume they double check them as well against yes. their shop order. Every part before it gets put on a pipe is double checked. Yeah. So. And, and logged. And logged. Okay. Uh, cylinders and, and, and ceramic. Uh, Chris, that comes in in a box truck typically or a container. You unload it and do what? Uh, we unload it. Uh, if it's a cylinder, it usually comes on containers from Poland or Germany. Uh, we we have a back pad out here, and we got a design to go from left to right, smallest size to the largest ID we have. Um, with the tile in that, it comes on a, a commercial truck, LTL truck, and I do the same process like Scott Schultz does. Um, I get the... Uh, the manifest from Mark Marks, and I go out and 
spread everything out in order of jobs and that way when the lining screw goes over there and looks at it they know exactly what elbow it goes into i'll have the same job number and the job name on there and, sure, sure. and then and and when they same with the the flanges of the steel the guy will check it against his his job sheet if you will make sure it's the right stuff to go in the right casing that's been produced by welding okay so then scott back to you we we have now pipe and flanges uh Let's just say we're in a 12-inch, 18-footer. A uh, guy goes and pulls one of the casings, measures it, puts it on a rotator, welds it on. W what, what's involved in that process? What kind of welding? How does he log it? Okay, on that process, it is all uh, MIG welding with O35 wire. He First, the process of doing that, he puts his pipe on his rotator. He cleans up the ends on both ends for the welding process, no rust. Grinds all that away, sets a one flange, sets it square to the pipe itself, gets it tacked in four spaces. That way it's completely square. To do the next flange, depending on what you order, if you order fixed by fixed flanges, we level bolt holes. We move to the nether side where it's already ground and prepped and ready to go. We level out that flange too, pull a tape to length in four spaces. Four, four points and tack those four points to make sure everything's level. Then we double check. Then we start our welding process where we do an inside weld and an outside weld. The outside weld has a root pass and a cover pass. And then we inspect for porosity, any kind of cosmetic imperfections. We grind our start and stops. We scrape BBs. And then we stamp every weld. Yeah, that was the next question. Each guy, each welder has a stamp. Each welder has their own stamp and has their own logbook for that stamp. So that all ends up on the dashboard somewhere in Scott's office. Yes. Okay. So then, do you do you die check all the all of them? On straight pipe, no. Okay. But on every seam weld on an elbow. Oh, I see. Is die so flange welds checked. are not checked, but because, because they're usually two, welds. two to three welds on right. each one of them. Gotcha. We do not check. So all the seam molds on the elbows get die checked. Okay, so then that that pipe then uh, gets on the forklift, ends up in the paint room, and that is where Chris takes over. Calvin Born Abresist provides wear-resistant linings with excellent abrasion and impact resistance, specifically constructed for use wherever wear and abrasion are a problem. Let's get started on our next lining project. Visit CalvinBorn.us. Depending on the shop job sheet, you're going to paint inside, mm -hmm. outside. Yep, I'll grab the uh, whatever job it may be. I'll grab that piece of paper. And I'll go out there and I'll make sure the number is on it, the matches on my paper, and I usually check measurement length. I check the flange so that all the pieces actually get triple checked around here. Um, and then I usually write on it with a yellow paint stick, uh, whatever color paint it gets, whether it's inside paint, outside paint. And I write my job number on the OD of the flange. And I write what it gets lined with, whether it be 8 inch, 10 inch, 12 inch. That way the lining screw sees what it is and they go out and get their cylinder. Okay. So, so then you, you do all this kind of in the paint room area, we call it. And then eventually it comes up on a rack somewhere. 
it's an elbow it goes on a special rack if it's straight pipes it goes on a on a long rack with a bunch of other straight pipe the 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 guy the linings guy goes out on the pad grabs this pallet of cylinders and then stuffs it and then stuffs it yeah we have a a system with our cylinders that we have shorts and longs uh with a standard 18 footer we line it to it might have seven longs four shorts whatever way it would make it to work out without cutting Right, yeah, you know, on the standard pipes, we, we try to save that 10, 15 minutes of a cut. Uh, so we have a system in place to do that. So uh, we put the runners in the pipe, push the cylinders in there, epoxy the ends, uh, and then we use little wood chips to to center the ID of the cylinder to the ID of the bolt circle. Correct? The same thing as when I was out there. Then we pull the runners, roll them over, after they've set up overnight, all the epoxies, and the next day, the big the big pump day. So what happens on pump day? Pump day, like you said, we uh, roll the pipe over 180 degrees and pull the, pull the runners, and then we pull out our pump plates, and we fasten them to the end of the pipe. Mixer guy gets his mix ready. We tell him what consistency it needs to be, whether it's a small gap or a thick gap, and we fasten the pump plate to the pipe and we turn it on and move the grout through it. It pushes it from one end to the other. Guy normally is uh, tapping on that pipe to yeah, hear where the, the grout is. Yeah. And uh and I recall my days in the shop every once in a while it surprises you and puts mortar all over you and yes, the ceiling does, and the yes. walls. But yep. but generally not. Generally it's a smooth process. How many pipe can you pump a week? Oh it we can we could pump 60, 80 pipe a week if we have to. We just set up more racks. And Scott, that same question to you. How many pipe can you weld a week? Same? You weld more. We can weld more. One man welding could do, if we're doing 18 footers, 15 a day. Oh, so, How many welders are in your department? I have five now. We Please. just hired a new guy this week, actually. Including yourself. Yes. And you're, all, you're a welding group leader. I mean, yes. I'm sorry, working group leader. Just like yes. Chris. Yes. How many folks in your department straight and, and line? In fittings, we have three people. And in straight pipe, we have four. Cool. All right. So we got it. We, we have now everything pumped and poured. Uh, it's Thursday. Everything's set up. Uh, Scott's obviously working on the pipes and elbows for next week. So you're repeating that same process. Uh, Chris, you've got your crew now. Cleaning, painting, prepping. Yes, on uh, Thursday is typically our grinding day. We'll grind the ID of the cylinder, usually two joints in. Uh, and then we put our faces on. We pride ourselves in our faces, so we get that done, and then we move to paint. So there's three different processes in one day on a Thursday. And I'd like to explain the faces. Uh, there are other pipe companies in the world that do not uh, pride themselves in their faces. And uh, we, what we do is we take an end mix of uh, very fine masonry sand, some cement, and some, I'll say, Elmer's glue, for lack yeah, of a better term, mix it all up, and we take a trowel and we, we put it on the face of the pipe so that we want the cylinder to be protruding through this face. But what that is is gives us a what we call a perfect gasket surface so that when you put your gasket on there, uh, it's it's literally right there where the, where the gasket is, and that way there's no chance for the for the material that's going through the pipe to seep between the gasket 
and the face of the pipe back into the mortar area. So that's something we've done here in Aversist ever since I started here in the 70s, and uh, we, we continue to do that. Uh, then, then after the face is uh, put on and floated off, you paint. OD again, if it needs OD paint. Yes, yeah, paint. Uh, so you get two coats, two coats of red primer usually? Yes, we usually paint the Friday before for the next week's ship list, and then we put on the second coat on the Thursday of the next week. That's right. And clean it up, check the bolt holes. Yes, bolt hole, uh, everything. Make sure everything's what it's going to be. Do your inventory, make sure you've got the right amount of pipe on the rack. Then Friday morning, you come in, you got all this nice, pretty pipe up there. You load it on trucks. Yep, yep. Uh, sometimes we cover plate them. If it's going up front, we cover put a galvanized cover plate on the pieces as as they're on the pallet so they don't get damaged. But how, how do you find, how do you know a, a flatbed semi pulls up, plates are from Washington, how do you know what's going on in that truck? Um, well, we have a, uh, a ship list and uh, Ashley up front will give us a truck paperwork. That, okay. So there'll be a bill of lading yeah, kind so of thing. Bill of lading it'll is. say this truck's getting this job and that yeah, job. Yeah, and she gives the trucker the same information and I always make sure, let them guys right. know to check paperwork, make sure it's the right load. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I remember a couple times in my life where we we miss, miss we, we put the wrong pipe on the wrong truck. That's, yep. that's never fun. Not very many times, but I do remember a couple. Uh, then, so the 18-footers are loaded with forklifts on four-by-fours, chalk them all up, and the truck driver signs a piece of paper, says he has 28 10-inch 18-footers on a truck and straps it, and he's on his way. That's it. Yep. Then shorter pipes and elbows and things like that, they get palletized, cover-plated. Yeah, typically uh, uh, anything that's six-foot or under as a pipe, we usually put it on a pallet. Anything that's six-foot or over, they lay on four-by-fours as a pipe. Right. So then you take those back to the, the what, what do we call this room now? The, the Warehouse. Warehouse. Yeah, they go back to the warehouse to be loaded on LTL trucks. Yes. And same thing. Guy comes in, he goes up front, gets his bill waiting, brings it to you, you guys, and you pick out which pipes to yep. put on it and so forth. And you label all these pallets and all these pipes. We have uh, stickers. Uh, tell me that process. I know I see a lot of different stickers now, barcodes and mm -hmm. what have you. But all. Well, we have a sticker that we have a standard fragile sticker. We have a fragile. Aversis sticker for our basalt product. We have a fragile calisir sticker for all our calisir. We have fragile calcrete lining sticker. We have uh, tungsten carbide stickers. So and the QR code. So it identifies what the actual pipe. And if we don't have the sticker, we usually spray a stencil on it. We don't have. Okay, cool. And uh, uh, all the pallets are banded down. Uh, put on the truck, and same thing, guy signs off of it. And goes upon it. Yep. Cool. All right, well, I, I, I think that establishes the flow through the shop. Um, anything else I should know with the customer? There's, the guy that's listening to this wants to buy pipe from us. He's just curious about how it works. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Anything I've forgotten? Okay. Pretty simple process. It's generally a five-day process. Yes. Uh, from the time Chris gets the pipes, so the time he puts them on the truck. Yes. Now Scott's area is a week ahead, yes. generally. So he, the one week he's making all the pipe and fittings for the following week. So it's, uh, I recall, line them Monday, Tuesday, pump them Wednesday, clean them, paint them Thursday, ship them Friday kind of thing. Yeah. 
So if you're out there and you want to buy a pipe from us, it takes about a week. I mean, it's not it's not impossible to make one faster than that, but our system allows for about a a, a five day process to build a number of pipes. So lately, we've been extremely busy. How many? How many? I think I think we did a couple million bucks in July worth of uh, pipes going through, which is a lot for mm-hmm. us. That had to be probably a record, or if not very close. How many on an average week? How many? I'll ask you both this question. How many pipes and how many fittings do we run through on an average week? 50, 60, 100? I, I don't know anymore. Fittings-wise, 30 to 40 right. on an average week. And pipe's going to be probably around the same, yeah. depending on... It, it just depends on the... On the I don't... Yeah. I don't know what an average week is. <laughs> so There's no such thing as an average week. It was a trick question. Yep. But no, I know I know. Uh, back in my day when uh, when we did power plant piping, we do 120 pipe a week and 10 fitting. And uh, it was more heavily weighted towards the straight department, and the fitting department was much smaller back then. Now it seems as I walk through the shop, there's a lot more fittings because yes. the jobs are smaller. We don't do the miles and miles of pipe like we no. used to. So uh, uh, the, the job the job uh, uh, situation has changed dramatically over forty years, and now I think there's probably more fittings into the straight pipe rule. I was gonna say more specialty stuffs coming yeah. up, yeah. more oddball. Yeah. Well, I want an elbow with a leg and yeah. a forty-five branch off the leg, yeah. and two and two nipples <laughs> for incoming air and outgoing air. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and I I tell this to all the young guys that I've hired and trained over the years. We did all the easy stuff years ago. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing the hard stuff. So yeah. that goes for measuring, construction, shipping, everything. It's all the easy stuff's all uh, all done. So. I kind of enjoy it because yeah. I it, you get to test your skills. Yeah, so. <laughs> I agreed. I've seen I've seen some some of the stuff you welded. It's pretty. Uh, Pretty interesting for sure. That I guess what that means is we have the capability of building you just about anything. So if you're listening and you've got a weird lateral or a Y or some kind of a strange tank with 14 inlets and outlets, we're your, we're your guys. So uh, you can get a hold of us uh, anytime. I'm going to give you a little bit of information here in a little bit. If you're a customer, give us a call. We'd be glad to uh, send the guy out to help you. chat with Chris and Scott about the workflow through the shop. If I was a pipe, this is how I'm built. We're proud to be able to sit down with our guys one-on-one and uh, explain to customers and onlookers what we do here at Calamore Amateurs. Uh, stay tuned to this channel. We're going to have more podcasts coming up. Some of the engineers are coming up, so uh, we've uh, got a lot of stuff in store for you in the next uh, upcoming weeks. So uh, we appreciate you listening. Stay tuned. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook at Callenborn Averages USA. And on LinkedIn, it's Callenborn Averages Corporation. You can uh, get a hold of us on our website. Uh, there's an info at averages.com email address that you can get a hold of us if you're interested in some of our pipe. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next time. Don't forget to laugh often and lead a rare life. This podcast was produced and edited by Up There Media, LLC.